We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a special edition of the Roadwire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, March 25th. We are recording shortly after the NBA trade deadline has passed. Uh, Alex, I was a little concerned this morning when we had deals, like the biggest deals of the day, basically, uh, save for a, a couple later exceptions, rolled in at like 10 a.m. And I, I was a little concerned that we were going to be completely overwhelmed with trades. And, and luckily, we got a a bit of a break into the, the early afternoon. Uh, Victor Oladipo ended up getting dealt right around the deadline, but no deal for Kyle Lowry, uh, that, which is especially strange in light of how Wednesday night's game went down where he's basically like in tears, uh, leaving the court, <laughs> uh, gave an emotional press conference. Like it, everything was lining up for Kyle Lowry to move out of Toronto today. They even traded Norman Powell. Like that seemed like the most obvious uh, mm-hmm. final step. And yet here we are. It's about four o'clock central time on Thursday. And Kyle Lowry is going to finish the season as a Toronto Raptor. Very surprising. Although it turns out when you like telegraph to every team in the NBA that 
like this player wants out and will only go to a select few teams that those teams want to lowball you. Um, yeah, who would have thought? Who, yeah, <laughs> how could that happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're the Raptors and your options are like basically Kyle Lowry for Duncan Robinson straight up that you might as well just play out the rest of the season with him, right? Get into the playoffs, right. hopefully, and just kind of ride it out, you know, with with him um, being able to play his last, theoretically, his last Raptors game in the playoffs. Right. I mean, it's not like this team is, you know, Orlando Magic level is bad. And, yeah. and obviously it hasn't been an ideal season for the Raptors, but like I, w- I would still say there's a pretty good chance they make the playoffs. And I, I don't think they're a true contender like they've been in, in the last few years, but it's not like it's going to be this, you know, super depressing, you know, end of the season where, uh, you know, he ends up kind of resting down the stretch and you're playing young players. I mean, you still have Fred Van Vliet, you still have Ananobi, you still have Siakam. Uh, the foundation of a good team is there. And, you know, they're, they're right there for the play-in game. They're still only three games back of the currently eight-seed Boston Celtics. So if nothing else, this kind of this kind of makes the playoff race a little bit more interesting because the number one team that sold at the deadline was the Orlando Magic. They were going to be out of it no matter what. So nothing really changes there. Had Toronto moved on from Lowry, that essentially would have signaled them waving the white flag. But all of a sudden, they're they're now right back in it. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, hopefully they can get into the playoffs. I think that would be crazy if they didn't. Because, you know, like you mentioned, it's, you know, like Cleveland, Washington, Orlando, Detroit are kind of locked into those bottom four spots. And so they really only have to try to beat out pretty much Chicago um, for that Tennessee to, to go into the play-in game, which I think they should be able to do. Although, you know, Chicago, I think, got way better um, at the deadline. That's a perfect transition. And we, we basically have to start with Chicago, which made, I think, overall the biggest deal at the deadline. Uh, obviously, Oladipo to Miami is a big one as well, and we'll touch on that. But getting Nick Vucevic, I, I think the consensus was that for, for the right price, Vucevic was available, but I think the thought was that nobody was really going to be willing to pay that price, and it turned out that Chicago was, and that price was Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, uh, who's basically an expiring contract, and two first-round picks, both of which are top four protected, so that's 2021 and 2023. I, a pretty decent haul, I think. I, I, I'm still surprised that Orlando you know, was willing to pull the trigger, but you know, when you when you then see that they trade Aaron Gordon, they trade Evan Fournier. I mean, it was going to be an even more pared down roster. And if you keep Vucevic there, I mean, this is looking like you know borderline a, a Detroit Pistons situation where it's not like there's hope for this team to be significantly better next year. And and they should be, but I, I don't think that they're going to be you know anywhere near a top five uh, playoff seed contender for two, three, maybe even more years down the road. Are you talking about the Bulls? The magic, the ma- Oh, I was like, I was a little confused. <laughs> the, bull, the bulls, the magic. Works. No, the magic are the magic are awful. Um, yes. Like it, it, you mentioned, like it's the Detroit Pistons type roster. They have, like, their starting lineup for their next game might be Michael Carter Williams, Dwayne Bacon, James Ennis, Chuma, is it Okiki, uh, and so. Kem Birch. Um, I'll I'll bleep that out. Yeah, you should. That's bad. And honestly, I mean, yeah, eventually they'll get Wendell Carter back and, and maybe Otto Porter gives them minutes, but that doesn't really make me feel any better about this roster. And it's not like it was in great shape before the deals, but the downgrade from Nick Vucevic to the struggling Wendell Carter is pretty massive. Yeah, I mean, I, like, 
I kind of, I mean, I like this trade for Orlando. I'm, I'm glad they're just rebuilding in general, right? I think right. they weren't going to go anywhere. You know, they're getting Jonathan Isaac next year, and you have, you know, at that point, like Markel Fultz is going to come back. You have Cole Anthony, um, you know, Isaac. Like they have, they have some pieces now, and they obviously got the two first from, from Chicago, and they'll have their own first. So they've transitioned into a legitimate rebuild. But I think they, you know, Carter's value is is kind of like he's he's quickly going into that like Marvin Bagley territory um that's kind of dangerous like I think he's better than Bagley but he he needs an opportunity to be in Orlando and like a team to actually focus on him as a key portion of the rebuild instead of kind of what Chicago's been doing the past three years right and there's a zero pressure situation in Orlando so I, I think you know, fantasy wise, you know, we, we put up a piece on the site and obviously this is great for, for Wendell Carter, who had just been benched a couple of weeks ago and now should be the unquestioned number one guy, you would think, although Ken Burge and Mo Bamba are still somewhat in the mix there in Orlando, but he basically gets a reset. Um, you mentioned, you know, guys like, like Cole Anthony, decent ceiling. I mean, Jonathan Isaac, I love, but at, at this point, you, you basically have to pencil him in for 20 to 25 missed games going forward until he proves otherwise. So that's that's a pretty big question mark for me. Their their whole rebuild is going to come down to to what they do in the draft. You know, if they, if they get the number one pick this year and and land Evan Mobley or Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green or Kuminga or whoever it is, and that guy looks really good right away, then this is a you know the, the rebuild is is off to a better start um, than they ever could have expected. But in the end, like you said, the number one thing is they actually finally accepted that they needed to rebuild. And even if you're not getting back the greatest package, you know, even if you couldn't get one of those picks completely unprotected, just the fact that they're doing that rather than standing pat, losing some of these guys for nothing in the offseason and basically having the exact same result as they would have had they made the trade or not is still a step in the right direction for the organization overall. Yeah, I think uh, as as Bucks fans who saw the Bucks go through that kind of stretch where they were always trying mm-hmm. to compete for the eighth seed every year, I think we can kind of say like, <laughs> I mean, I hope Magic fans are happy with this because I think this right. is what I was desperately hoping for for a long time. Right, and and the Bucks were luckily bailed out by you know a 15th overall pick turning into one of the best players in the league, and <laughs> Orlando has not not quite had that same kind of luck. Well, let, let's look at the Bulls side of this, which is a hell of a lot more exciting. I don't know what to think. I, I it's in one, you know, in some ways it's like, okay, I applaud you for going for it. At the same time, this is yet another one of those situations that we talked about earlier this week and a little bit last week when we were previewing the deadline. And you start talking about these teams that are adding a major player, whether, you know, whether it was a Kyle Lowry or an Oladipo or a Vucevic, it makes the Bulls better for sure. How much better does it make them? You know, they're, they're in 10th right now. They're, you know, what, I think one and a half games up on Toronto does this make you feel astronomically better about their chances to climb ahead of teams like Indiana, Boston, Atlanta, the Knicks? Um, I mean, Charlotte is sitting up and forth. Obviously, those standings kind of jostle on a night-to-night basis. But what is their ceiling now compared to what it was three hours ago? Well, I mean, I, I like this trade a lot. I think just from a like from an encore perspective, I think having a, a legitimate stretch five next like with Zach Levine is great. Like you can play a five on offense with Levine who can score 30 points a game. You can run a tug and pick and pops with both him and Markinen, who they ended up keeping. Um, and, you know, you kind of like, I don't think anybody was confident in like, you're going to be great if Zach Levine's your number one guy. And I don't think anybody was confident in like, well, if you have Vucevic as your number one guy, you're doing great. Um, 
And I think having them both on the same team is kind of like, well, you know, one of these guys is your second best player, and that's a pretty good spot for them in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of their, like, the fact that they are, you know, they're 19 and 24, which isn't great, but they started off the year, the year horrible. Um, and so I think, I, I wouldn't say this, like, 100% vaults them into, like, you know, like the fifth best team in the East, but they they should feel like they are competing for that, I think, at this point. Yeah, it feels like their two best players are guys who are probably best suited to be the the definite second best player on a good team, you know, yeah. where you're, you're pairing them with a, you know, a guy who's a top 10 player in the league. But like you said, if you can combine two really high end number twos, it maybe kind of equals a one. And and I, I still think, you know, their ceiling and I'm sure they're realistic about this. They're, they're not a true title contender this season, but it's not like Vooch is a rental. I mean, you didn't give up two first round picks for a guy who could walk away in 25 games. I mean, this is something uh, conceivably that they'll see through, through at least next season and perhaps beyond. So I, I like the foundation quite a bit. I, I think there are probably still more moves to be made this off season to, to really round out this roster. But I mean, Wendell Carter, I, I don't think he's quite a bust, but it was heading that way pretty quickly. Um, so to be able to to kind of turn in turn him into some sort of value and and, and get a guy who's a two time all star, I think is great. Um, and the other thing they did too was was get Daniel Tice from from Boston. And I, I know Tice is coming off of a rough uh, missed game winner in the corner wide open last night uh, against Milwaukee, but I, I think that's a really really nice depth piece because you weren't getting a whole lot out of Wendell Carter. You're basically relying on like a six eight guy and Thaddeus Young to be your center, so you get a major upgrade there in Vucevic. And then you add a guy who can back you up at center and can back you up at power forward. Um, I, I think he was maybe a little bit, a little bit underqualified to to be playing the role that he was in Boston. But I think now he's probably going to be a little bit overqualified to be that first big off the bench. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I I think the moves they did make a ton of sense. Like I said, like the the five out, you know, they can play run and gun. You can have Vucevic post up a little bit. I think this really like flushes out their team. Um, as they're obviously like trying to compete and like a, a lot of this now depends on like what they do with uh, Lori Markinen, because if he can step up and kind of be like that, le- like a legitimate third option, that's great for them. But if they don't want him in free agency, like if they don't, you know, if, if they don't end up getting him, I think, I don't know the exact, I'm like looking at their cap sheet right now, but it's obviously, you know, old. But it looks like they'll have a pretty good amount of cap room, actually, um, this offseason. So they might be able to do something with that. They might be able to get somebody. But overall, I like this move. Um, I, I think this trade will probably... I felt like this was even for both sides. Like I felt like this made, made sense overall. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by Gamer Saloon. Gamer Saloon is a video game tournament platform where you can play video games for real cash prizes. All major consoles and PCs are supported. Our most popular titles are NBA 2K, Madden, FIFA, NHL, and Call of Duty. Gamer Saloon launched in 2006, and since then has awarded more than $75 million in prizes. Players could play in multiplayer tournaments or simply play 1v1 games from your couch for real cash prizes. Withdrawals are fast and easy, they're directly deposited right into your PayPal account. Join a free match on us today by going to gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. That's gamersaloon.com slash rotowire and simply pick your game of choice. All you have to do is win one match and Gamer Saloon will give you $10. Again, gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. 
win that match, go get those free $10. Let's get to the other two Magic deals. We'll start with Fournier, uh, who goes to Boston for two second round picks. We find out later that Jeff Teague is included in this deal virtually just for salary reasons, and, and he's going to end up being waived. Um, could be a guy that ends up you know, signing on as a backup point guard somewhere. But I, I think getting 48, I mean, this is different than Booch in that it's a, it's a true rental. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Boston does try to retain him beyond this year, but I, I don't necessarily think that's the goal. And that's certainly indicated in the price that they paid, which was ultimately pretty small. You know, we talked about Boston on Tuesday. I... I, I don't. I, we we talked about them more in the context of like if they got Aaron Aaron Gordon, yeah, that would have been an odd fit. I, I don't. I mean, Fournier can fit on any team. Every, everybody can use a guy who averages 19 points a game and you know can get hot from three any night. Um, so it's not a bad acquisition. At the same time, I I just don't really feel any differently about this team than I did you know a few hours ago. Yeah, I mean they got one more. Like I I think Fournier is a guy who you feel confident about in the playoffs as someone that sure. you can will be a part of your rotation. And I think that that is one thing we talked about last podcast was just like they need more playoff players. Like they just need less minutes for Ojale and Grant Williams and guys like that. Right. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, who I mean who knows if he will even really play in the playoffs. So I think from that perspective, this trade makes sense. Um, those second round picks aren't really going to be worth anything anyway. And if this does end up being a pure rental, I think it's, I think it's fine. If you're trying to make noise in the playoffs, I don't really have faith in Boston to go to the Eastern conference finals necessarily, but hard to really blame them for, for doing this. Yeah. It felt like they were under a lot of pressure to do something and yeah. maybe the price for Gordon ended up being a little too high. I, I'm sure they sniffed around some other you know bigger names as they seem to do every year and, and ultimately weren't able to give uh, a guy like Marcus smart um, that I don't, I don't, I have a hard time believing Jalen Brown was ever on the table for any of these deals. But um, I, I, I think I do like, I like them with Fournier plus smart better than I do with Gordon minus smart, if that makes sense. And the way you talked about it on Tuesday, I would imagine you agree with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Gordon's better. Gordon's maybe better than Fournier on the whole, but the aggregation of Fournier plus smart is, is, is greater overall collection of assets i think than just gordon so gordon ends up in denver along with gary clark uh they, they send back gary harris rj hampton and a protected 2025 first rounder i have not seen the protections on that and maybe you have um but i, I would imagine um you know it's not going to be a, a trade where denver's forking over the number one pick in 2025 we, we knew denver was you know, going to be in the mix for a lot of these deals. I, I feel like I hadn't really heard them in the Gordon discussion all that much, but I, I like it. I, I think they're a team that definitely needed some, somebody who could play two ways. Um, you know, a lot of the reporting right after the deal is that they sold him on, you know, one coming to a contending team, you know, a, a legitimate contending team for the first time in his career. And, and two, you know, being a defensive first guy on a team that, that already has a, a fair amount of high end offensive players and Jokic and Murray um, and Michael Porter Jr. So I'm really interested to see where he fits. You know, you and I kind of discussed, like, what is his role? I, I would imagine he's going to start. And I know we threw him at the top of our depth chart uh, at the small forward spot. So that would conceivably be a starting five of Jokic, Michael Porter, Gordon, Will Barton, and Jamal Murray, which I, I think is pretty good. I mean, the, the depth still isn't fantastic behind that five, but um, I, I, I'm really excited to see how he fits there. Yeah, they're they're another team I think is like Boston where they just needed guys to play in the playoffs. Yeah. And Gordon is 
either going to be a starter or like a high level six man for them essentially. And that means, you know, they don't, they won't have to give like uh, PJ Dozier a ton of minutes in the playoffs <laughs> or like Zeke Naji, you know, Zeke Naji has um, been playing a lot of minutes lately, probably too many minutes. Yes. Uh, so I, I think this is good for them. I think, you know, you get someone who he's averaging the uh, best three point percentage of his career. It's like 38% really good athlete. I think, you know, him and him, uh, Jokic being able to find him in transition, um, Gorgon, someone who like, you know, obviously the Nuggets run a lot of action with Jokic at the top of the three point line and guys coming off screens, either they, you know, go with the three point line or they fake it and they cut Gorgon's a perfect like guy for that. You know, you you have to guard him like he's going to go out for three. And if you guard him like that, he can cut to the basket. And obviously he's one of the best athletes in the NBA. Um, plenty of lob opportunities, easy buckets for him. So I think I think you'll actually fit, fit a lot with the team. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for him there. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, he's not going to come in. He's not going to start averaging like 17 points a game or something. I think he'll just be more efficient and he'll you know do a better job of contributing to winning. Yeah, I, th- I think the the numbers maybe won't end up being all that impressive for Gordon, you know, especially if they do kind of make him this defensive first role guy. Um, but but the contributions are, are certainly going to be there. I'm I'm very high on that acquisition. Let's get to Oladipo going to Miami. This one came in like right at the two o'clock for us Central Time deadline. I, not a super high price to pay. I didn't think uh, you, you're giving up Avery Bradley, who has been hurt virtually the entire season. Kelly Olenek, who, who has started for the Heat for most of the year, but, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that um, has plenty of depth at forward. They already brought in Trevor Ariza last week. They're, they're the leaders to get LaMarcus Aldridge, which we'll get into later. Um, and then the right to swap 2022 first-round draft picks, which, given the trajectory that these two franchises are on, uh, probably not something that the Houston Rockets are going to end up exercising. You did a good job on Twitter of breaking down now it's basically the full return and you know this includes you know draft picks that haven't been made yet but the full return for James Harden and it is not pretty no um the full return for James Harden is going to end up being like it's going to be four first round picks from the contending nets so you can assume all of those are like in the 20s unless something insane happens they also got five pick swaps or four pick swaps from the nets obviously like you just talked about like those swaps aren't going to happen. Okay. They got Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, DJ Wilson, and DJ Augustine. That was the haul for James Harden, ultimately. And I don't think they're done. They'll probably trade Bradley or Olenek and who, like, but my God. Um, someone on Twitter hit me up, Nathan Chester, just mm-hmm. randomly, and said, uh, the Grizzlies arguably, the Grizzlies arguably got more value from the various facets of the Mike Conley trade, which I looked up. And I think it's true because the Grizzlies right now from that Mike Conley trade have Brandon Clark, Grayson Allen, Justice Winslow, Gorgie Jang, Josh Jackson, who they end up getting rid of, DeAnthony Milton, and second rounders. Um, so Comparable, if nothing con- else. Yes. The fact that it's comparable is kind of insane. But uh, as far as the Oladipo trade itself, like I, I think Miami, like this could go down as like up, like fleecing the Rockets. Because if Oladipo can, like, maybe he's still not great, th- that great this year. He's definitely going to be better than Avery Bradley. Um, and giving up Kelly Olenek's not that big of a deal. They got Nemanja Bialica in a different trade. And those two right. guys aren't, like, Olenek's probably better, but it's whatever. 
Um, because in the playoffs, those guys weren't going to play a ton anyway. And if Oladipo can start playing better again, I mean, by all accounts, he said he that was somewhere he wants to play. Mm. Um, so if he can end up being close to his all-star self again, re-sign there, and then they have, you know, I mean, then you're going forward with Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Adebayo. You still have Hero. You still have Duncan Robinson. You st- you have Andre Iguodala this year. You just got Trevor Ariza. Um, this this could end up being a very big trade for them now and in the future. Yeah, I, I think in terms of just on paper names, I mean, this this roster is is probably the closest thing that we have to Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference. And and the name Victor Oladipo exceeds the 2021 version of Victor Oladipo, but I, he hasn't been that bad. I mean, it's basically no, 25 and five. I mean, the efficiency is is not what it once was, but he's still like 42% from the field. I mean, on, on certain nights, he very much looks like his old self. And again, for, for the price that Miami is paying here, 100% worth it to take the shot. Yeah, I mean, it's... The, the Heat weren't looking that scary this year, and now suddenly they look like you do not like mm-hmm. you are not looking forward to playing them in the playoffs. And um, like I, if I had to rank the Eastern Conference now, I would still I think put Milwaukee number two behind Brooklyn, but mm-hmm. Philly is Philly and Miami are right there for me at this point. Yeah, and I think the fact that Miami was able to work this deal without giving up Robinson or Hero right. is is all the more impressive, you know. And I I, I mean Kyle Lowry is a better player right now than Oladipo, but the gap isn't that huge to me. And to get Kyle Lowry, you're going to have to give up one of those guys. So I mean, again, it's 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 kind of like we discussed with the Celtics, where it's like I would rather have a slightly inferior player in Oladipo plus Robinson and Hero as opposed to Lowry without one of those guys. Right. And then you can maybe have Oladipo for another, you know, four years in his prime, theoretically. He's 28 right now. So, you know, I mean, if if things work out for him physically, then, you know, you, you can kind of trend like Jimmy Butler, my cart kind of start trailing off. But then Oladipo will pick up a little bit and Tyler Hero is going to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, they are they the Heat are doing a pretty good job right now of competing now and like looking towards the future yeah yeah i mean if, if oladipo gets in that medical system and, and starts to look like his old self this deal becomes a home run even if he doesn't like who cares i mean if, if it doesn't work <laughs> out if he if he gets hurt if he you know aggravates his quad and misses half the playoffs and the and they fizzle out in the second round you're not going to look back and be like oh my god we gave up kelly olenic this this kind of this has a like Kawhi langer trade vibes doesn't it like yeah, not, I mean, obviously not as high of upside, but yeah, right. similar. Very similar frameworks of like, we just get this guy for, you know, well, in this case, it's a half season, mm-hmm. but we just get this guy for a bit. We really didn't give up anything we were that committed on. And if it works out, cool. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll win the title. If not, he might still resign. Like there's a way better, and there's a way better chance that Oladipo resigns with the Heat than there ever was, right. I think, Kawhi with the Celtics, or with the Raptors. For sure. And I, and I think it's good that like, in some ways it's like, oh my God, he could walk after the season, but given the health concerns, I think it's good that you like the heat are the team that has to resign him. If they don't like how he looks, then they're not on the hook for anything, you know, as opposed to trading for someone who has two years and 60 million left on his deal. Right. Getting, getting Oladipo in the building and having your medical team look at him and see how he plays and how he practices mm-hmm. is valuable in and of itself. So that right. 
like when it comes free agency time that you know, right. you know, like that's part of it. You know, if another team wants to sign him, they're mm-hmm. they're completely in the dark. Yeah, just even if he doesn't play a game, it's worth it to trade Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley yeah. just to have that opportunity. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what do what do you make of the Norman Powell deal? This one was in the context that they didn't end up trading Lowry. It to me, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, I, I like Gary Trent. I, I'm kind of eh on Rodney Hood. I think that's kind of a nothing uh, addition for me. But I, I mean, I guess maybe you're getting you're getting a little bit of value for a guy who maybe they didn't want to resign after this year. He was on a very team friendly contract for the last few years. Uh, has an 11 mil player option this year that he'll probably decline. Um, I mean, is it just that simple that they decided they didn't want to pay him, so we'll go get Gary Trent instead? I think so. I I think this just comes down to kind of like the ages of the players and the alignment of like where the teams are in the standings. You know, Norman Powell is about to turn 28. He's like, he, every, I think people think he's younger. He's 28. Um, so he makes sense with like the Trailblazers who are obviously like all in and competing now. And Gary Trent is 22. So, um, like the, the Raptors who by all accounts are going to probably transition and do more of a rebuild. They just, they get to, they got a young player who Mm -hmm. is, you know, still like averaging. I mean, he's, you know, makes three threes a game at 40%. He's 22 years old. I mean, that's your, you know, people talk about Duncan Robinson like that, but Duncan Robinson's like four years older than him. Yeah. And Trent's on a second round contract as well. That's super valuable for the next couple of years, at least. Uh, for Portland, I mean, I, they're, they're kind of continue to like inch their way into having a better roster. Yeah. Um, I, I like the move a lot uh, for the rest of this season. I mean, who knows uh, if he'll remain there long term, but Nurk is just coming back on Friday. That's going to mm-hmm. be huge. And, and suddenly this team, I mean, the top of your roster now is Nurkic, Covington, Norman Powell, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard. That's your starting five. And you're bringing Derek Jones, Enos Cantor, Carmelo Anthony, Nas Little off the bench. I mean, obviously losing uh, Gary Trent to to get Norman Powell hurts, but I, you know the Blazers have always kind of been this top-heavy team, and I, I'm still not quite sure if I'm ready to buy in on them as like a, a team that can really push some of these powers in the West. But I think this is the most well-rounded roster that Lillard has had around him in his entire career. I think so. Yeah, because you were think you think about the times he was running out there with like Alfruka Minu and Mo Harkless on the wings. Batum, yeah. Yeah. And now you have Powell and Covington and yeah, I mean, I, I love this move for Portland. Powell's a guy who, um, you know, like he can run the bench unit to some extent, kind of like, you know, McCollum can do the same thing. They have a lot of iterations of this lineup because Powell can play three positions. McCollum can play two positions. Covington can basically play three positions. Um, and he's someone who I trust in the playoffs too, Powell. So I mean, they have a, a really, really nice starting five. And then, like you mentioned, some guys off the bench who their bench is like a little thinner than I'd like. Like there's going to end up being too many Derek Jones minutes and probably too many Carmelo minutes. And you never know about Cantor. Simons is a complete like anything you get out of him, I think, is a plus. But, um, you know, the I think they'll just run with like playing most of those guys like 42 minutes or something like that. So late last night, DeLon Wright. Out of nowhere, goes to Sacramento for Corey Joseph in two second-round picks. I I don't really get this from the Pistons' perspective. I don't know if Dwayne Casey just wanted to reunite with Corey Joseph. Like that's really the only line that I can draw here. I mean, both guys have have more years left on their contract. I think they each have one more after this year. So you're not really saving any money. You are getting two second-round picks. I mean, if you're Detroit, but uh, I I didn't really get this one. I, I 
you know, fantasy wise, it's a, a pretty huge downgrade for DeLon Wright, who goes from, you know, starter and kind of like second option in Detroit to now probably coming off the bench. But a sneaky, nice acquisition for the Kings. I, I just feel like this is the move that you make if you're, you know, this is like similar to the Norm Powell move, right? Where it's like, right. what's the goal for Sacramento? It's like, I, I just feel like they're still, they're still behind the rest of the pack. And, and I don't think adding DeLon Wright really changes anything for them this year, even if it's a slight upgrade over Corey Joseph. Yeah, I think this is these are the kind of moves that like if you're a rebuilding team, you can just like if you know what franchises to take advantage of, you can just keep f- <laughs> fleecing teams for like free second round picks. And that's I think it's all the Pistons did. They're just like, hey, let's get two free second rounders from the Kings who are dysfunctional. And the Kings were like, hey, let's compete. Let's get DeLon Wright. All we have to give up is two second round picks and we're going to be great. So those picks won't be good. Um <laughs> like you mentioned, like, yeah, if you have DeLon Wright in fantasy, this sucks for you. Um, but <laughs> beyond that, I I don't know, man. I, I guess more more minutes for Dennis Smith, uh, Dennis guess, Smith Jr. in Lee. Detroit. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, the rest of the deals are are pretty, pretty minor. Um, I mean, DeLon Wright is like the fifth biggest name that was on the move at this deadline. Um, you know, JaVale McGee ends up back in Denver. Uh, we had a, a bizarre like three team swap with the Wizards, Bulls and, and Celtics, where they all just like traded guys who have underperformed uh, with the exception of Tice. We, we talked about him at the top. That's a nice addition for Chicago. But uh, I, I really don't understand swapping Troy Brown and Mo, Wag- Mo Wagner essentially for Chandler Hutchison and Daniel Gafford. I, I feel like those guys are just going to fill the exact same roles with those teams. So not a lot to talk about there. Um were there any other deals that that really stood out to you? I guess we had George Hill going to the Sixers. Uh, yeah, George Hill going to the Sixers is just like nice from a you know like that's a real life trade. Mm-hmm. You know, you get George Hill and he can, um, if Shake Milton struggles, you know, or gets hurt, then you you have George Hill and that's kind of a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned the B B Elite trade. I think that's kind of interesting for Miami, especially now that they got Riga Olenek. Actually, you, I mean, understandably, you brushed over it. I'm a huge Daniel Gafford person. Like, I, I love Daniel Gafford, so I'm happy that he'll be playing in Washington. And he might start, or I, I don't even know what, very, what they're going to do. They've been starting Alex Len, I think. Um, Daniel Gafford's definitely better than Alex Len. Other than that, I mean, the the Rondo for Lou Williams swap, um, I actually think that made sense for yeah, both so sides. Um. If you're the Clippers, you need kind of that floor general point guard who, I mean, he again, he's been playing bad this year, but you, it's just, it's a cliche at this point, but playoff Rondo, right? You hope he sure. <laughs> arrives. And then the, the Hawks get, the Hawks get rid of him and they weren't using him and they get two second round picks and cash. In addition to Lou Williams, who the fans are going to love having back and will probably still play like 20 minutes a game for the Hawks and help them make the playoffs. So I think, I think that was good. Yeah, it was interesting to me that the Clippers were the team that had to pay up to get Rajon Rondo, <laughs> okay. you know, at this point in his career. Like, you're you're giving up, a, a, like, a pretty productive player and a guy who was really well-liked and I, I think was, you know, even though he's declined and kind of nearing the end of his career, I, I think Lou Williams was still, in some ways, kind of the heart and soul of that team. And you're you're giving him up plus two, two picks to get a guy who has barely played this season and has been kind of a disaster when he has played. I think he made, Rondo made himself a lot of money in the playoffs last year, and I, I think you're signing him hoping that he wins you like two games throughout, you know, those, those four rounds as he did with the Lakers. Right. And I think 
you know, one of the things that people say about Rondo is he like scouts opposing teams more than any other player in the league or, you know, right. whatever. So like you hope that you, for the playoffs, that even if he's not on the court necessarily, that he will, he can be valuable to your team. Um, he's basically and, a sleeper agent for if you play the Lakers in the West finals. I mean that too. I think that's always a factor with, with some of these teams um, that the sleeper agent factor, it's like the Patrick McCaw factor. <laughs> uh, or the Anderson Varejao factor. Yeah, right. I think the Cavs did the Cavs sign Bogut one of those years, and yep. then he he got hurt like on like the second possession, broke his leg. Yeah, yeah, just just snapped it. Um, yeah, I mean the George Hill to Philly is as it, it kind of went under the radar, but I, I think that's going to be a potentially huge addition. I mean, we haven't seen George Hill play in a couple months. He's been dealing with a wrist injury, I want to say. Um, but obviously he's he's had some really good minutes for for some great teams over the years and. I, I think that's certainly somebody that we'll hear from. Uh, JJ Redick ends up in Dallas. Definitely a guy who's more of a name than than an actual producer uh, at this point. He's really struggled this year. He's had some injury issues, uh, missed time with a heel injury uh, of late. And I, I think he's only shooting like 36% from three, which for him is by far a career low, you know, well well below where he's been at. I I still kind of like it for Dallas. You, you gave up two guys in James Johnson and Wes Wundu who are not in the regular rotation when everyone's healthy. And then you give up a second round pick and you get Reddick and you get Nicolo Melli, who every now and then kind of looks decent. And I, I, I feel like he fits in with the Mavs. Like it seems like he should have been on the Mavs this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Melly. Yeah. Both of these guys have kind of been like underperforming or had been with the, with the Pelicans. So I, yeah, I think him and him, him and Doncic will be a good fit uh, just in terms of like being able to find Reddick coming off of screens and, and everything like that. Um, yeah, this trade makes sense. I think I think James Johnson could have gotten playoff minutes for for the Mavericks um, in certain situations, but I don't really feel like they're. I I don't know. I mean, you get you take a chance on Redick, I guess. Yeah, Tim Hardaway hasn't looked great this year. Um, Jalen Brunson's cooled off a little bit, so I, I don't mind just bringing in a, another body and, and hoping that the shooting catches up. Uh, we didn't see Alonzo Ball trade, and I think that may have been colored by the fact that like. Two hours before the deadline, there's a report that he may have like re-injured himself in practice today. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I would imagine that some of the teams that are looking at him maybe as a rental could have backed off because of that. He, he's already missed a little bit of time. He obviously has a history of of missing time due to injury. I I, I don't know for a fact that 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 was you know the number one factor in in New Orleans not dealing him, but um, it, it would have been really interesting. I, I think throughout the morning, you know, you kept hearing Chicago is the team that really wants to add Lonzo Ball. And after adding Vooch, I'm like, man, if they, if they could pull this off, I, I really would have liked to see a Ball, Levine, Vucevic front or a you know big three for the rest of this season. But ultimately, he ends up in New Orleans. Um, you know, where do you where do you come in on that? I know we went pretty deep on Lonzo on Tuesday, but I, I think overall, I'm I'm okay with him being there. I mean, we, we kind of went into the fact that it doesn't really seem like it's his fault that they've struggled this season. Um, but at the end now, they, they're going to have to make that difficult decision that we discussed as far as what to do with him going forward. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, he goes into restricted free agency so they can see what another team is willing to pay him, mm -hmm. um, and decide whether or not to match that, which I think in his situation makes sense because, you know, I think you want you you don't want to be the one to try to set the market for Lonzo Ball because I think he is that like uh, divisive when it comes to what what teams view his value as. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm, I'm OK with the Pelicans kind of standing pat here and just, you know, seeing what hopefully they can get him on a, a pretty nice deal.
Yeah, and it, it, if he was going to go to Chicago, the deal would have probably had to center around marketing, right? And I I would rather have Lonzo Ball than Laurie Markkinen for the rest of this season, and I would rather chance it with him in restricted free agency than I would with Markkinen, who's in you know kind of a similar situation. I I don't know. I, I, especially after they gave up the two picks in the Vucevic deal, I would have a hard time believing that Chicago would be willing to fork over you know more valuable draft capital. So you, you'd probably be settling again, assuming you were going to trade him to Chicago, you'd probably be settling for a fairly underwhelming deal. Yeah, and I don't think Markkinen would have fit in New Orleans anyway. No, um, I don't think that would that roster would have made sense. So yeah, they probably would have given up some other stuff that New Orleans probably turned down, understandably. Okay, last thing we'll hit on, uh, a couple of buyouts. Unsurprisingly, neither Andre Drummond nor LaMarcus Aldridge were traded. Aldridge has already reached a buyout with San Antonio. Uh, it sounds like he's going to take a day or two and kind of survey his options. But Miami seems to be the leading candidate there. Uh, you know, we've talked about Aldridge just being kind of a tough fit anywhere in the modern NBA. But, you know, for Miami at this point, which is just trying to stockpile as much random talent as possible, <laughs> I mean, if it, with with Olenek now in Houston, I I feel like there's a void there, and I, I don't think you're going to bring in Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge to give you, you know, 33 minutes a night like he was for the Spurs two years ago. But if you can now split those vacated Olenek minutes between Lamarcus Aldridge, Bielitsa, maybe a little bit of a Chua, uh, yeah. Trevor Reese is there now. Jimmy Butler obviously can play up. Like it, it's good to have options. Yeah, I mean, if they get Aldridge, they have as many like quote-unquote names as anyone in the league right like i yeah. think when, when you said they were stockpiling random talent like that's pretty much what they've done you know yeah like you got a lot of veterans on this team that's the thing too it's like they have their young guys i mean we have i don't even think you mentioned kendrick nunn like he's just kind of like who even knows if he's gonna be in the rotation he might just like, be out of the mix now yeah yeah it's they got a lot of guys a lot of playoff experience on their roster now in addition to their their young guys so i i mean if for them, it's zero risk, right? It's Lamar, like Lamarcus Aldridge, you just sign him on the wherever yeah. the buyout deal, and uh, if he plays well, that's cool. If he doesn't, then whatever. It doesn't really cost you much. Yeah, I mean, at worst, he's probably a slight downgrade from Kelly Olynyk, and then, like we said, you have five other options who you can plug in. I feel like the final move for them is to bring back Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> that that would just that would complete like the infinity roster. Yeah, it really would. Uh, the other name is Drummond. Uh, there, there hasn't been quite as much chatter around Drummond. It, it, it just felt like this has been the expected outcome for basically the entire season. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that you can't even get a second round pick just to kind of jump the line and be the team that can get your hands on him as opposed to a buyout. But, um, you know, in the end, most teams are looking to save money and he'll he'll likely have to get back some of that. But I, I hope he ends up with the Lakers. Uh, I've texted you the other night that I could see the Lakers going defeated as long as LeBron and Anthony Davis are out of the lineup. They have looked horrific without those guys. Uh, and and we got a report from Shams today that LeBron will probably miss another five to six weeks uh, on top of what he's already missed. So they need help. I, Andre Drummond is not the guy that's going to suddenly carry you to even like 500 basketball over the next few weeks, but they, they just desperately need some sort of influx of talent at this point. Lakers would be nice. I mean, there are a few teams who could who could definitely benefit from him being there. Like, I think Phoenix, you know, is like, because sure. I don't know if you can trust DeAndre in the playoffs at this point. Um, I think Charlotte will at least be a team to consider, although with without LaMelo Ball, I don't know if he would be as, like, excited to join the team necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are the teams. I mean, people, people have mentioned Dallas, but the Lakers need him, I think. They just... Uh, 
he would he would be a nice addition for them. To me, teams like Dallas and Charlotte are contenders to sign him next year and maybe try yeah. to kind of rehab his value and, and you get him on like a two-year deal. I, I don't know if they're rental destinations necessarily. I mean, I it, I don't know. I mean, I, the Lakers make the most sense. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a ring and and more importantly, you're looking for a legitimate role where you know if you go to Brooklyn. There, there might be nights where you're playing 15 minutes off the bench if, if it's just a bad matchup. Like the Lakers need, if, if his goal is to play NBA basketball, the Lakers will be happy to hand him like 36 <laughs> minutes for the next few weeks. <laughs> they definitely will. And he's someone who, yeah, there are, there are matchups that the Lakers could get into where they would play him a ton. And there are probably matchups where he wouldn't play that much, but that's kind of like, that's kind of the deal when you <laughs> agree to a buyout and chase a, chase a ring. Right. Exactly. All right, man, we'll cut it off here. Uh, if you want more analysis, uh, we have a an extensive breakdown, uh, almost 3,000 words on the site that that tracked every single deal today, uh, from from Oladipo and Vucevic all the way down to what Matt Thomas I think went to the Jazz uh, right at the end. The corpse of Marquise Chris was traded for. Have you ever heard of this Caddy Lalane? I have not. Never heard that name. 2015 second rounder of the Spurs. Um, but we have full breakdown of every deal on the site, all the fantasy fallout as well. So make sure to check that out. Uh, And I'm sure you guys will have a lot more tomorrow on Friday with Ken and Shannon.